Okay, episode one, here we go. Podcast, scripties. All right. Let's begin. This is your host, Rafi, and welcome to episode one of Scripties. So here we're going to learn more about storytelling and script writing by studying stories. Obviously, stories from the worlds of film, TV, animation, and comics. So in this episode, we're going to talk about 2019's Best Picture in the Oscars, Parasite, directed by South Korean filmmaker Bong Joon-ho, with a screenplay written by Bong Joon-ho and Han Jin-won. Okay, so Parasite is the story of two families, one richer than the other, and explores the parasitic relationship between the two as they get further and further entangled in each other's lives. So I don't want to say anything more about the plot, but it's definitely more complex than the thing I just described. So this is one of the movies that I'd rather you experience for yourself. So without spoiling too much, I've chosen four lessons that I've picked up that might help you in your own projects. Now, I'm not a screenwriting expert or guru or anything like that, like Field or McKee or whatever. These are just my notes on the film, you know, my notes on them cinema. So these are notes on story elements I like that I think make this film stand out above the rest. There's no one way to write a screenplay. But I do believe, to borrow a Stephen King analogy, if writing is a craft, the more tools in your tool shed, the better. So I'll be your film biatch for today or for tonight, and I'll be giving you those garden shears to trim that script bush. So let's begin. I'll start with what I like about the film. Second section of this podcast is going to be what I did not like about the movie. And the third is, you know, the the meat, the lessons I picked up along the way. So first section starts now. So first of all, what I like about Parasite is that it's genuinely entertaining. It's something I definitely watch again. This is because Parasite does a great job of balancing dark humor with a sense of of gravitas, Morgan Freeman style. So I'm not saying being entertainment entertainment being entertaining is a quality that any movie needs to have, but it helps. Personally, I'd rather watch great films that I know I can recommend to others. There's a lot of award-winning movies that I personally love but would not recommend to family and friends. Parasite is not one of those films. It's rewatchable is what I'm saying. So I also like how rhythmic the storytelling is. It just flows from one scene to the next without stopping. A part of that is the script writing, but I do feel that the editor, uh, this guy or gal, deserves a round of applause because, you know, they have this amazing um, execution of that story flow. (laughs) So yeah, but that's another topic, which is editing. Um, judges, you know, its own world, its own uh, banana, its own microverse. 
A third thing I liked was the ambiguity of the characters. We don't know who the heroes are, who the villains are, until late in the film. Uh, it reminds me of Quarantino's, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight, the cabin movie, you know, where we don't really know, fully know who the characters really are, even until the very end. Or at least you have an idea who the good-ish guys are. So in Parasite, you see the rich dad being nice to his family but mean to his servants. You see the poor dad genuinely love his kids but at the same time technically leads them to a life of crime. Ambiguous. The rich mom is also another fascinating character. She loves her kids but with a certain paranoia that makes her do cringy things like firing their loyal housekeeper without a second thought. Bad milf. Bad milf. Yeah, so next up is what I did not like. So this is a section two of the podcast thing. Chapter two, what I did not like. And there's nothing I did not like about Parasite. Okay, section three. This is the final part. We're going to take a look at what I picked up from the film. And there's four main things that I think made it really stand out. First is the perfect ending. Next is building sympathy. Third is the story circle. And fourth is existentialism in dialogue. So for the perfect ending, Parasite's ending was so good and so satisfying that in the back of my mind, I, I, I just had to think, what did Bong Joon-ho smoke to get that kind of reveal? And as uh, I was thinking about it, uh, I kind of realized it was so good because to borrow the American playwright Sam Shepard's quote about what makes a good ending, he said, The most authentic endings are the ones that lead to new beginnings. And honestly, Parasite's ending was, was more than that. Uh, it looks like a series of endings. It looks like a <clears throat> trailer for season two of Parasite. So I've never read or seen any Bong Joon-ho interviews because it's probably in Korean and I don't speak the lang. But here's what I'm thinking. The way he got to this perfect ending, at least for me, and Hanjin Wan, don't forget, is a co-writer, could not have been easy. Uh, it looks like, and I'm just guessing here, the scriptwriters probably wrote all the possible endings they could have think of and from these just crafted a new one. They crafted this am amalgam hydra seven-headed ending. I might be wrong, but the lesson from this is... If you're a scriptwriter or a storyteller and you're stuck for an ending, it might be a good idea to write down all the possible endings that you can. Like, what are the things that can happen after the main story ends? What are the best things that could happen? What are the worst things that could happen? Maybe after you write all of them down, ours too can be something like parasites, like a carbon copy, because we don't have any imagination. Uh, it shows us possible, possible, <laughs> possible realities... Or, uh, or destinies. So it's a Doctor Strange type thousand and one scenarios thing. It's left to the audience to, de <clears throat> to decide. Left up to the audience to decide. Alrighty, I'm not gonna edit that out because who needs to edit audio? I'll just correct myself on the fly. So for the next lesson or thing, we have building sympathy. This is lesson two. So there's this one scene in Parasite that shows us how to build sympathy with a character and it's pretty simple. Just show their humanity or their softer side or a term I like to use, show them an emotional pain because that's what good writers do. They love their characters so much that they, they, they make them feel some pain. So that's, you know, it's how God treats his creations as well. Um, and it's pretty simple. Um, during the scene or for an example, 
During the scene where the parasite family is hiding under the table, the rich dad, Mr. Park, comments on how smelly Mr. Kim is. Forgot the actual dialogue, but I think he said uh, he smells like a sewer. Um, and of course, uh, from, uh, from, from the first scenes, we know it's kinda, kinda the case. So we have this one shot under the table during the scene. It's Mr. Kim, the poor dad. He smells himself and then he closes his eyes. It's a very quiet and internal scene. And it's actually unusual compared to everything we've seen before. This is the first time we really sort of have a sort of a sensitive type of um, portrayal of these characters. Um, so we see Mr. Kim being emotionally hurt. And this is where, in my opinion, we begin to sympathize with uh, Mr. Kim and see a glimpse into his emotional arc, which personally I think goes from like self-awareness to self-pity to a sort of boiling rage by the end of the film. So this scene is just a reminder for us when we're writing that if you want your audience to side with a specific character, show them hurt, show them in pain. And emotional pain is always more dramatic than the physical. Um, physical pain never really makes us kind of cry in, in movies, but if you see someone lose their kid or someone uh, lose their loved one, uh, that's pretty sad for most people. Okay. Third lesson, or thang, is the story circle. So Christopher Nolan and writers like Dan Harmon from Rick and Morty fame have described how they plot. And you can check this out on YouTube. So what they do is they do it in a circular fashion. So to give you an idea of how that works, imagine the classic Greek plot. That's act one, intro, act two, rising action, act three, climax. Some A few more playwrights later on added a resolution, a fourth act which introduces a new status quo or a new world after the story of your protagonist takes place. So, one, two, three, four. Uh, now, with the story circle, it goes something like this. You have an intro, rising action, climax, and then instead of a resolution, you have a new problem or a new source of conflict. So that's intro, rising action, climax, new problem, intro, rising action, climax, new problem. And it looks episodic because it is. In Parasite, remember when the Parasite family is having dinner and drinks in the living room? Uh, everything is perfect. They've achieved their, their goals to integrate themselves into this rich family's lives and gain money by doing the minimum amount of work. So it's pretty awesome. And the story could have ended there, really. Uh, I mean, I would have been satisfied. But then a new problem arises, and out of nowhere, someone knocks on the front door. It starts to rain, and it's like this... Uh, creepy old lady so no spoilers here so for storytellers and personally for myself i do find this concept of a story circle easier to write around than the classic greek uh timeline type of thing it's because sometimes you kind of run out of ideas and if you think in classic greek you'd be manufacturing and fabricating these these scenes that escalate action in a fake way so you have this fake rising action just because the structure demands it and I've experienced this before uh, as a ghostwriter trying to spiff up some screenplays. It's, you know, it's kind of, it's hard because that's the structure that we're born into and it does work. For example, Star Wars, um, the three-act structure does work, but it just feels more natural for me personally to complete a story within a larger story and then just worry about how it all fits later on. So you have like mini a movie within a movie and worrying more about the or prioritizing the story more over the overall structure. 
So, I'm aware that the story circle is just a concept. It's no, it's no rule or final say on how to write. So don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It's just another way to think about telling stories. It's just a concept, just a thing in our heads. It doesn't exist, but, but it helps. So the last lesson, uh, which I think is m- might be the most important, because now that I've learned this type of lesson or kind of realized what, what this is, the, the, the t- technique is so, it's, it's so finely done in Parasite that I've begun to see it in other movies as well. So the last thing is existentialism in dialogue, or talking directly about themes. So one of my pet peeves in cinema is when a character sounds more intelligent than they ought to be. Uh, nothing against smart characters, but sometimes the insight that these guys have about life, uh, it sounds scripted and out of place and downright corny. So we can deaf tell as an audience that these ideas come from the writer-director. It's like the writer uh, is like, oh, this is the scene where we're going to talk about... Uh, like, you know, <laughs> the overall thing that just happened. So it's it's out of character and you just feel it in Parasite. The poor dad, Mr. Kim, taught his son about how life works. The rich versus the poor. The powerful versus the powerless. Um, it's a doggy dog world, son. And this was in the covered court scene after the flood with the other flood refugees. This is the scene after they've lost everything. Mr. Kim has an insight because of their current situation. He has, he has a glimpse into the nature of their lives. So the lesson in a more concise form is this. Characters can say whatever they want, but it only sounds authentic after they earn it. Because let's be honest. I mean, you're the writer. You're the god of the script. You can do whatever you want, but take note that it's going to be better if your character has gone through a difficult event in their lives that gives them that flash of insight organically. Otherwise, instead of a flash of insight, it could be a difficult event in their lives that helps them make a hard decision. For example, I have to kill my kid to save, sacrifice my kid to save the world. You know, you can't just make a decision like that on the fly. You need to have had... A sort of event that sort of makes it worth it or makes it plausible in the eyes of an audience. And it actually works universally because that's how we as humans learn too. It's life that teaches us our lessons. Well, that was episode one of Script Tease where we make a film script tease. (laughs) Where we make them strip. We strip down a film to its bare bones, you know, cut that corset with a pair of film scissors and yeah (laughs) so that's all for now um thanks so much for listening to this podcast all the way through let me know what you think feel free to leave some comments and suggestions it's gonna mean a lot to me i'll read it because there's probably just gonna be two comments and one will be from my mom love you mom so in future episodes i'll invite some film enthusiasts over so we can talk about our favorite films and have a couple of beers along the way why not or you can just have a zoom conference and you know whatever <laughs> well i do have to mention for now the world is in a state of crisis so i hope you guys all hang in there and stay home and stay safe if you're working if you're an essential worker god bless you 
for me, I am not an essential worker. Even when, even before this crisis, I was not an essential worker. <laughs> so, uh, stay useful, guys. So yeah, um, donate to your local organizations if you can. Again, stay home, wash your hands, wash your face, take a bath. This was your host, Rafi, and you've been listening to Scripties. Okay, episode one, here we go.